This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Chip. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Uh, it's uh, It rained here this week, so the drought has been broken. And, uh, you know, I can look out and we have a little farm. I look out, I can see uh, the cows are grazing and uh, the sheep and uh, the one big fat hot belly pig, which <laughs> dropped off here by somebody who kicked it out of their car. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, things are doing well. It um, sounds, yeah, it sounds like things are in order. Uh, and uh, I, I've never been on a farm, but I, I hear great things. <laughs> well, don't wear shoes you really like. <laughs> Jason, on the other hand, has a lot of experience with that uh, yeah. growing uh, up. And, I yeah, grew up yeah. on a farm in Montana. So, uh, Wow. Yeah. Where about? Yeah. Fairview, Montana. Little town. You blink, you miss it. It's right oh. on the Montana-North Dakota border. If you know where Williston, North Dakota is or... Uh, well, Mile City, there, yeah. Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my my uh, uh, maternal uh, grandparents came from uh, Shoto, uh, Montana, oh. and uh, okay. so yeah. Great. In fact, he was he he actually was a pilot. I, everybody in my family's been pilots. He, in World War One, he was in mm. Italy. I have his Italian uh, license, you know, uh, pilot's license. So. Wow. Okay. Stuck in the family. Well, look, one of the ways we like to start the show off is by finding more about where someone's origins came from, right? And what I have here in my notes is that you're a writer right now. Let's keep in mind, a lot of business owners swear up and down one day they're going to write a book. They don't know when, but they're going to do it, right? And Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I published my first book, which was back in the 80s, uh, I went to the bank to deposit the check. The teller said, oh. I'm a writer. And then I had the dog in the car. I took it over to the vets and uh, the veterinary assistant was helping me out. And she said, Oh, I'm a writer. I've got a novel. And then I, uh, my wife came home from uh, taking some stuff to the seamstress and said, the seamstress has a whole trunk full of her novels. Uh, so I, I didn't feel all that special. Anymore. <laughs> That's okay. I love that you brought that up because like, as we were talking about a lot of business owners will swear up and down, they're going to write their book uh, or they write it, but then they do nothing with it. But you yourself have made a profession out of writing, right? Well, not really. I mean, I had a book out in the eighties. It did pretty well. Got uh, it made a movie. Uh, with uh, you got to see Kelly Preston in it, and it was nice. Uh, and Margaret, um, I did. We went to the uh, uh, rap show uh, party, and my wife and I were dancing with all these people. And and I came back. I came back. And said those people are all so happy. She said they're all on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. 
didn't know that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that'll so do it. <laughs> That's a long ways from the farm. Right party there. for me. <laughs> so uh, long ways from the farm there. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah, I, I grew up in Houston. I say, you know, suburban kid, but uh, um, went to the college, uh, joined the Marine Corps, 67. Uh, got out and I signed up for the Marine Corps in 67, uh, got out in 74. Uh, did I get to the war? No, uh, I was a pilot. I tried the time I got trained. Uh, they were asking for only volunteers. And I said, you know, I signed up for the Marines in 67. I did one stupid thing. I'm not volunteering. If you need me, send me, but don't, you're not getting me if I say that. So I, 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 you, you learn from experience. Yeah. And, um, and, and so then how does that lead into, well, then, then I read a book, but then I, but because I have, a, we had a family of uh, three kids, family of five uh, and health insurance was going up, you know, over the counter health insurance every year. I said, we got, I can't write anymore. Uh, I'm going to go work in academia. So uh, I went and worked in academia, teaching writing and universities and colleges. Um, so, and, and finally retired from that. When I retired from that, I, I started writing again because the kids are gone. I don't, they don't need anything now. Leave me alone. <laughs> now, do you, do you, do you when they're gone, <laughs> you act like it's going to be so bad. It's like when you put the, the youngest one on the school bus for the first time and you're, you're crying. They think, oh, she's going to, they're going to miss her, uh, the little kid so much. You go, no, they're crying with happiness. <laughs> the kids on the bus, we got a free day. <laughs> Do you find that anything that you've, uh, that you've learned in academia has carried over into like your work in academia has carried over into your work as a writer now? No, I would be, I was afraid to become too involved in academia like that intellectually because it's really a place where it's not good for people. It's not good for your intelligence. It's bad. You think, <laughs> oh, we're, we'll be studying ideas. No, you're just studying weird personalities that hole up in their offices and squirrel around. And I, my, my old uh, next door office mate thought that the, uh, CIA was watching him. He had his. He would, he couldn't talk in his office. He had to write things out and hand them to you. And he was a Harvard graduate, uh, so you know uh, we couldn't talk. We had to ha pass these things back. But uh, so no, I tried to let as little of it rub off as possible. <laughs> Thank you for putting the world. <laughs> I love that you said that academia in itself is like counterintuitive to developing uh, yourself as an intelligent uh, intellectual. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you, you, what, one of the key things to, to remaining intelligent and active is to marry an intelligent and active woman. There it um, is. <laughs> that, that, that really keeps you on the ball. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. She's looking at me now. <laughs> I said nice things. Yeah, I, I can. I can speak for that. Yeah, yeah. And that folks my, is how my, you stay married. Yeah, yeah. yeah. forty-some odd years. So yeah. mm -hmm. My wife's uh, way smarter than me, and uh, way more intelligent than than I am. And you know what? I know it. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> even if she didn't even point it out so often. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> 
so tell, so you, you started writing again and well i started uh, writing i thought i've been thinking about writing this the, a book set during the vietnam time uh particularly the end of the war uh for years and i was always so serious and i find whenever i get serious i know i'm on the wrong track so finally we were hiking in uh Colorado, uh, camping and hiking in Colorado, and I was walking along. And I said, "I've got it. I've got the first line." Once you think of the first line, it sets the tone, and and uh, it, it sort of it didn't take off from there, but it it marched on. Um, so the result is a comic. I like to think of it as a com- a romantic war comedy. You know? Interesting. Yeah, kind of like yeah. Mash. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe a little. A little truer, but equally yeah. equally yeah. eccentric characters. Yeah. Now, as a as a writer, what what makes you choose going the novel route versus what most people are doing these days with personal development books and things of that nature? Well, I I don't know anything about personal development. <laughs> <laughs> you said I don't know a thing and about I prefer, it. I really prefer imaginary world. <laughs> of course it may be maybe they are imaginary worlds if they're personally developed thinking they're per- personally developed when they're just you know ordinary people <laughs> <laughs> i like uh, that there's a no-nonsense approach to the way that you look at things it reminds me very much of bukowski uh, a, a lot of that attitude of just you know hey man this is this is what it is, you know. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, an accurate apprehension of reality is a really nice thing to have. I have so many friends who are not don't seem to have that, you know. They are they living in the same world I'm living in? Don't they see these things, you know? Uh, well, no. Anyway. I, 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 I think it. my apprehension is accurate. They think they're accurate. <laughs> so you know, well. We'll see. There it is. That's a that's an opener for a book right there. Yeah. I believe that my apprehension of reality is accurate. That's how it starts. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. I, I'm working on the beginning of another one. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, There's that's just some t- that's the I think title I, of this. I, show. I actually do think that's a pretty good idea, Philip. So, okay. You're not getting any credit. hey man you know a game recognized game now now you gotta steal that's what you gotta do (laughs) uh so then uh yeah no for me i I think it's interesting that we're going back and forth on this do you find that the industry of books and writing uh for like is that something that's still a viable career in a digital age if you... I, I I don't know. I don't think so. I said several times since I got back into this. I sent this this book uh, off to my old agent, who was a small little agent when I began with her in the eighties, and she's giant now, and she loved it, but she couldn't sell it because the publishing houses, the editors are scared to death they're going to back something that doesn't sell, and then they'll have to go get a job at Office Depot. Uh, so. You know, they're 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 being turned into real people, so they they end up uh, rejecting an awful lot of stuff that's that seems a little different because they want to do something that's the same. I thought said I really should have put some zombies in this book. (laughs) War and zombies, sign me up. (laughs) Yeah, one or two zombies just walk into the scene every once in a while. (laughs) 
and cut yeah. to zombies walking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just, we just, but the marketplace is such that this is what most people have to consider when creating or launching yeah, anything. And it's, as we talk about accurate apprehension of reality, that is the reality of a marketplace. If you're yeah. not working with a trend or what's happening and so that you could position your book, this creative work, right? Instead of just distilling it to its true essence and providing some something to, to someone that when they walk away from it, they feel more connected to whichever one of the characters they latched onto for just for the sake of them being humans. No, they got to have powers and <laughs> they have to be, you know, this other thing. And so I think it's really interesting that you bring that up because that is a valuable lesson in marketing. Uh, and they don't, I don't know that the, the editors really know, you know, they don't know, they, and they're so far divorced from the people who read. Uh, I just don't know. Uh, last night we were over at a local, um, well, it was a kind of a, a place, you, a bar, I guess you could call it bar, but it's a bistro thing. Uh, ran into some uh, uh, people that I knew, from, we knew from uh, church, uh, real uptight gal. I mean, she's an uptight 60s, 70s, 70s-year-old gal, uh, and, and uh, I passed her by, and they said, and she said I, I just finished your book. She said, it was, it was breathtaking. I just couldn't believe it. I just, I was just, I was completely involved in their lives, you know, I thought, God, that really shocked me, because I never thought it would connect with her. Uh, for one thing, there's a lot of cussing in it because these are Marines and it's war and they they don't use the F word in every sentence. They're considered a failure, <laughs> inability to communicate. <laughs> so, you know, uh, so I thought that was kind of like, my God, I did I connected with this person. And I, I would never predict that. But certainly the uh, uh, the editors would have figured that out. So, OK, well, well, that's it. Yeah, no, I, I well, I love I love everything that we've been covering so far, and it just so happens that because this show is supported by uh, by actual business owners and actual entrepreneurs who do listen to this show for insights and looking to learn more about what's going on. One of those just happens to be, and you may actually be familiar with them, uh, Rogue Publishing Partners, and, and we're lucky to have them because. As everyone who listens to the show knows, if you're a business owner and you're looking for uh, independent publishing industry contacts, well, Rogue Publishing Partner literally can offer you all that, whether you're an executive, an entrepreneur, a coach, a consultant, uh, just looking to write a book in general, publish. Maybe you want to be marketing books. Well, there's a, there's a partner you can have there. And they've literally designed all of their methods to give you that traction you've been looking for in the marketplace. And we're lucky to have them as supporters of this show. So if that's something you're interested in doing, then go to roguepublishingpartners.com. Well, can you spell that for me? Uh, Ro, R-O-E? Like, rogue, rogue Publishing. Uh, Rogue, publishingpartners.com. Yeah. Sure, I'll look it up for sure. Yeah, man. No, so it's 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 something that... I'm very grateful we had a chance to sort of get at the realities of what it looks like in the writing business, because a lot of people are looking to write books. Like you said yourself, you turn the corner and somebody has an ambition of writing a book uh, and it yeah. makes you feel a certain type of way, but you actually have finished. Uh, and in the fact that you finished, is there anything you can offer 
for someone who's still on the edge there of like how they can get over the hump, you said yourself, sometimes you step away, but what, what really is something you can leave behind about that? About the writing process? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, don't fall in love with your words. Uh, because I've, I've written scenes and I've got them so polished and they're just, I just think that is so great. I, every word is, is clicking, it's working, but it doesn't fit into the whole thing. So I have to throw it away. Uh, and I used to weep about that. And then now I say, ah, I can always, it came out, they were in my head once, you know, uh, they're in there. Uh, if I need them, I'll pull them out. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is a frustrating business because you know that, all the words are there. You just need to order, line them up in the right order and they'll mean something. Uh, and uh, I, it's difficult for me. Sometimes the people say, well, you, do you think about your readers? I think, well, kind of, but mostly if I'm not entertaining myself, I, it's not going to be, yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm fooling it. I can't do it. This is yeah. sort of what you were talking about earlier when you said to yourself, well, it's time I got serious. And you knew the moment you said it's time to get serious, you were on the yeah. wrong path. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. I'm well, not a serious person. Before before we go over to the grand finale question, because uh, it looks like Tom is flying here, uh, I want to check in with Jason to see uh, his reflections on this conversation so far. I I really just have a curiosity question, and that is, how did you, how did you get led into this? How did what led you into writing that first book back then? Well, I don't know. I, I guess when I was in the military, I was thinking I, had, I was going to get out. And I thought, well, you know, what do I want to do out there? And, you know, as a pilot, I was a trained pilot. I could keep doing that. But, I thought, you know, I really like to be a writer. Uh, it, they, it doesn't look like much work. I mean, you just sit there going like this. Uh, you, get, you get to wear cool clothes, you know, like turtlenecks and... Uh, uh, sport coats with uh, elbow patches and stuff. And people think, oh, you know, when will you be on? These days it was Johnny Carson. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> will you be on the, the late show? Well, you know, so it, I, I, I imagine it, it looked kind of like a great lifestyle for me. You know, sit around, you know, then drink some coffee, go look out the window, you know. And so uh, <laughs> I, uh, but I also, I always like words and I've, you know, been, been a writer. So, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. A life of the imagination. Right on. No, man. Yeah. I, I can validate for that. It definitely looks cool to be a writer, but the reality is far from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wear a lot of threadbare t-shirts. <laughs> cool turtleneck. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, um, with that said, the moment of the million dollar question has arrived for this conversation. And that is if you could have invited anybody chip to this conversation to just like tune in and get a glimpse of what we were talking about here with uh, not taking things too serious. And, you know, knowing that if you're entertaining yourself and you're finding that juice that everyone else around you will too, because that's part of the art, right? Is the, the people who make the best art always happen to be the most relaxed. I don't know why that is, but it's just a fact. Uh, it's that... probably drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's self-manufactured. Dopamine. <laughs> so if you, if you could have invited anybody here today to join the conversation. I, who... I, what, 
I, I thought about this and, and then my, I looked at my wife and she gave me the nod and I realized she was right. I, 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 the book is, this book is dedicated to my cousin who is uh, Mark Hannay Dixon. He was almost exactly my age, a very smart guy, um, went to, you know, Wharton School of Finance and was, got drafted. Um, and and I, by that time, I'd said, I don't want to get drafted. So, you know, I avoided the draft by shrewdly joining the Marine Corps, which was, may have been a slight strategic blunder. But uh, <laughs> this guy was always clumsy. He was always bumping into things. Uh, he was a country club kid. And um, he, uh, uh, he went to the, the uh, boot camp and he. Just everybody loved him. He was the grandpa. He was an older guy since he was about 23. Uh, and he re- bonded with these guys like he'd never bonded with anybody. He went to the whatever the army does, ITT or the infantry thing the next day. And he could have gone to OCS, but no, he wanted to stay with those guys and go to Vietnam. So he went to Vietnam. And the last time we, before we went left, I was, we went back to Houston. We were, went out partying. We got thrown out of a couple of nightclubs uh, for being loud. And so, so I get a letter from him. Well, actually I, I, I go back to college about three weeks later, I get a call. Mark's dead. Uh, yeah. So uh, I go home and um, I see my grandparents who were my grandfather's projectile tearing up and, my grandmother's clicking away with her knitting needles. Uh, and the post comes. She goes, oh, that's the post. She goes and gets it. That's a letter from Mark. Um, the uh, uh, One of those blue, fold up free mail uh, service band envelopes. And I, I open it up and I read it. And it's to me. And it's about uh, things he'd done in Saigon, which were not really something my grandparents needed to know. Uh, before they should die. It was soldier stuff, you know, before you go out and uh, in or interlude. So he went out um, and he left. He, you know, I, I folded up the letter and put it in my pocket. My grandparents were kind of looking at me. What did it say? I said, oh, he was just telling me he went to uh, Saigon and he went to a lot of really nice museums. Uh, and they went, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, he didn't make it more than a week after that, but he did get the silver star. So that's, uh, he was, he was a brave guy and he loved his, his friends and his buddies. And that was, uh, you know, so I wish you could be here yeah. anyway. So the yeah. whole in the world. Man, big shout out. It's funny. We sometimes forget in passing and just being ourselves and living our lives, the kind of impact we have on the people closest to us and uh, sometimes we have no idea what the world would look like if we weren't around for those people anymore so i hope oh, yeah i hope that this conversation is a great reminder to people to not take yourself for granted and the impact that you have on people and to double down and love people harder and be there for people harder and be sillier uh don't take things as serious as you as you planned on doing in fact throw away the plan if you have to but whatever you do don't stop loving. Don't stop smiling. Don't stop creating. I think that's that was a good advice from a young man. Unbelievable. <laughs> you must have been reading some books or something. No, I just read the book of your life right now. <laughs> and that's uh, that's what I took from it, man. So uh, 
thank you so much, Chip, for for sharing uh, the the wisdom comes from just throwing it all out the window and being yourself, man. It, it means a lot. Did you hear that? He said wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to try to capitalize on that. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going to print t-shirts. That's <laughs> uh, too funny. Oh, man. No, seriously. In all seriousness, it's, uh, it's been a great conversation. Um and uh, as traditional on the show, I'm going to let Jason close us out. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Gosh, what a what a wonderful, like refreshing, uh, refreshing, serious let, yet comical, right? Uh, uh, version version of the show. I love your I love your spirit, my friend. It's so much fun, and well, uh, I'm I'm glad you glad you could be here today. It's pretty was a was a pretty awesome conversation, actually. Well, that's great. I Buy needed that wasn't laugh that, today. Wasn't that a time? Buy the book. Yeah, yeah. what's the book? Where Where do people go to buy the book? Oh, Amazon. What's the title of the book? Wasn't Wasn't that a time? There it wasn't, is. Wasn't that a time on Amazon? Love during a war is a deep and funny mess. There we go. There it is. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> no, I I love it. Uh, seriously, if if the, this conversation is any indicator of the type of book that is <laughs> wasn't that a time it's going to be a hell of a time well if you like the conversation <laughs> it is if you didn't like it it's really different <laughs> another lesson in marketing right yeah, yeah, we yeah. happen to specialize in that yeah, yeah I, may, I may change a career here yeah, there you go chip seriously it's been a pleasure awesome. man thank all you right chip, thanks for being guys. here i really all appreciate right. it Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. I feel so exposed. It's going to keep going, aren't you? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.